Hello and welcome in to the Orlando Drummer Podcast. This is episode 16. We took last week off. Thank you guys for being patient. And we are uh, back on the grind today. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. It's our sweet 16. Sweet 16. Yeah. yeah <laughs> what car did daddy get you today? Oh my God. You no remember that God. show? Sweet 16. I remember that. My was that MTV? MTV, My Sweet 16. Yeah, just it, a bunch of spoiled little kids getting It made me brand hate new cars. rich kids. Yeah. So much. I was I, like, oh, this is how they all act. Yeah. I think, like, <laughs> what a 16-year-old deserves is a very tricky conversation. Because you could you could argue nothing. <laughs> what did you earn at 16? Probably nothing. You're in eight bucks an hour, dude. That's what you're probably earning right I, now. What I earned was a hard no on getting my license. Yeah. <laughs> my dad was just like, I don't want to pay for the insurance. <laughs> yeah. My, so my, my mom made me this really, in hindsight, it was a really bad deal. But it made sense to her at the time. She got me this. It's this company you could go to and you could sign up and they would send you a big bumper sticker. And the bumper sticker said, how is my teenager driving? Call this number with like a little code oh, on it. No. And if I kept that on there, she would pay my car insurance. I think that was the deal. Whoa. Right. And OK, first mistake. The, it wasn't a sticker. It was a magnet. Oh, So no. you could just take it off. And I <laughs> took it off all the time. <laughs> I wasn't gonna, it was like the lamest thing to have on your car oh, pulling no. up to high school. But then I would also have my friends call the number with the code and leave like random compliments about how good of a driver that I wow. was. <laughs> Did it go to your mom? <laughs> yeah, I went straight. Yeah, they would call her or send emails or something. I don't know. This was 2006, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that system didn't work out. That's why you don't see those anymore. Uh, it's fine. Money, man. What was your um, first? What was your first first car? My first first car was a 2002 Ford Focus ZX3. It was a hatchback. Ford Focus, yeah. baby. O2 I, Focus. I name. I don't know why, but like all of my friends were into cars, and we would all just like name our cars. Mm -hmm. So that was Mary. 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 She was a fishbowl. <laughs> just in a the Focus hatchback, little in, egg. In yeah. the summer. No tinted windows. All of the light that would come through there would just turn it into an oven, and it was a black car. Yep. Oh, my God. Oh, but, yeah. Oh, did that car help me through college? And sure, just, sure. Oh, it was great. I yeah. loved it. And then eventually it just died just, i ran it, it into exploded. the ground yeah yeah <laughs> mine was a uh, was a 92 civic a 92 civic and it had a VTEC engine and i thought that was so sick i drove <laughs> that little four cylinder like it was a ferrari <laughs> so stupid oh man <laughs> well anyways what we got going on in drum world today all right so in the world of drums in our podcast we usually start off and we will start off with a little loop of the week oh yeah for the podcast yes sir this week in celebration of dubstep v1 dubstep i've chosen a dubstep loop hell yeah man so i picked loop three I thought that the chorus section in the loop was pretty catchy and yeah. seemed to uh, allow for some creativity. So yeah, let's yeah, give it a listen. This is a fun one. Check it out.
cool. So yeah, this was a, it was a weird pack to record. I, I I had a hard time thinking of what to play because it's so, dubstep. The genre is so far removed from like I don't know organic musicianship, like acoustic mm -hmm. instruments. Like what I think a guitarist would have the same thing. Like what do I what do I do like mm -hmm. in this in this genre? So yeah, it was kind of fun. I tried to do the same sort of ideas I had for like EDM and trap and some of those other electronic ones, but super fun. Um, so yeah, that pack is out, and you can use code WOMPWOMP, that is our actual <laughs> promo code. Uh, promo code WOMPWOMP, it saves you, I think, 33%, so it's like three or four bucks off the pack. Uh, and of course, Mem <laughs> Chris likes that one. <laughs> I had no idea that that yeah, was the man. code. What is the code supposed to be, really? Is there any other code? D d dub? O-D dub? It no, could have been anything. No, it was. I thought long and hard about womp, womp. it. And WOMPWOMP is the actual code. Oh, W-O-M-P. W O M P. So that'll save you save you three bucks on the dubstep pack, and uh, of course you don't have to buy it. Members can stream everything free, and another code for you: use code ODPC, and you can save twenty five percent on your first two months of OrlandoDrummer.com. One hundred and sixty hours of lesson content, and about three hundred plus drumless tracks, including the dubstep V one loop pack. And there's our lone sponsor for this podcast. That's also the promo code for when you release the tuba loop pack. Yeah. Womp, 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 womp. Are there any, like, what's the what's the word when, is it onomatopoeia? Yeah. It's like smack sounds like yeah, smack, yeah. that sort of thing. Like, what if we did that for every loop pack and that's the promo oh, code? Oh, we can absolutely do that. Like, so, swing yeah. soul is like honk because it's full of horns or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> we could go through the library and figure some Wait, of those out. That'd be fun. <laughs> Cosmic metal. All right, we'll figure that out later. <laughs> Metal right. mouth noises. All right, so uh, pretty popular segment uh, that I like to do. We'll start out with after the loop pack of the week, player puzzle. Player puzzle, man. With so many drummers out there, it's hard to tell the difference, but some stand out so well that they're absolutely recognizable. And player puzzle will provide three hints to see if Adam can guess who's playing. Let's try and stump him this time. All right. So... First off, oh, I need my headphones. Oh man! Oh, you got them over there. There we go. Shout out CTM P2 oh, yeah. Explorers. Oh, if you're a member, an annual member listening, and you got some, got some CTM P2s, go ahead and uh, let us know in the comments how you liking these, these bad girls. All of our <laughs> annual members last year for member November got a pair of these. Oh yeah. If you don't remember. Oh. All right. Remember November. So let's see, episode 16, player puzzle. Yep, so well, go we... ahead. Let's see. Spectre is the audio file that you'll Spectre. click on. Spectre, all right. Yeah. Player puzzle one. like an older drummer like a very i want to say like a more seasoned kind of style right like i heard some buddy rich speed blurriness kind of deal but the kit wasn't particularly like vintagey sounding kind of but not like 
full jazz, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm hesitant to say it was somebody like Buddy Rich necessarily, but deadly fast, like super, super fast. I got like an Eric Moore vibe for a second, but he wouldn't have kept that pace up that high necessarily. Huh. Very good one, though. Mm. Sick player. Sick player. And live. So this was some sort of live environment. Also, yep. another weird guess. I'm just throwing stuff out. Um, uh, Ronald Bruner Jr.? That kind of vibe? Huh. It didn't sound like his kit. Huh. But, uh, but yeah, the same deadly speed, for sure. Huh. All right. What else we got for this uh, this puzzle? All right. So I wrote a little... Uh, a little uh, puzzle okay or hint for the uh, puzzle. hint what is it called is it a hint know. i got clue i don't know i don't know hint it's clue? very poetic let's just listen <laughs> okay. all right so this drummer is a reverse engineer and has quite a nerve questionably a machine bridging the gap between pre-programmed premeditated murder and playing live on the drums and performing real-time emotional nuanced pieces okay so there's some hints in that puzzle okay and then, so we got our, our photo here. Yep, so Spectre would be the third hint. If that doesn't clue, you want huh. know who it is. So Sabian, Spectre, Spectre. The first thing that comes to mind is like Spectrum, like the, with the ride that Yost Nickel plays, but we've done Yost, it's probably not him. Is this a microphone? Super, yep. like high yep. up with a microphone? Yep, a little microphone uh-huh. in the foreground. Sabian, man, I feel like I'm, I'm the least familiar with like Sabian's full roster. Reverse engineer. Huh. I'm gonna read that little blurb again. Yeah, one more time. Let's try to pull a hint so out of there. This drummer is a reverse engineer and has quite a nerve. Questionably, a machine bridging the gap between pre-programmed, premeditated murder and playing live on the drums and performing real-time. Emotional, nuanced pieces. I got it. I got it. Oh, and one you? of your subtle hints in there helped uh, me out for uh, sure. For sure. Uh, Jojo Mayer. It is Jojo Mayer. Yeah. Who uh, famously his band is called Nerve. Nerve. Yeah. yeah. He dude. He's such a chameleon, man. The play. You could pick any clip of him oh, playing, and it would gosh. be hard to say unless it was like, I don't know, real purist drum and bass. I guess is where, where you'd kind of be like, oh, that's his style. But he also has like forty styles. So oh, you know. My, yeah. His. Man. His many, many TED Talks that he's done mm-hmm. are incredibly informative. Every solo that he's ever done that I've ever seen from the mid-90s to present day, it, just a, a marvel. That yeah. dude's, a, I mean, a machine. Yeah, he's wild. There was a um, a video he did when I worked at Sam Ash like a decade ago. We used to put on different drum DVDs and just let him play throughout the day. And there was one where he was talking about something with rebound with a hand technique and he went from like holding a drum to like a pad to like a piece of paper and like showing how the rebound works with like almost anything and at one point he was holding a piece of pizza and like showing the rebound off the piece of pizza yeah I mean, his his technique is like outrageous that guy's put so much time into exploring like all the mechanics of his techniques oh, you know yeah he's seasoned hands yep. for sure he's wild that was a good one though if it wasn't for the nerve hand i don't know if i would have would have got it. Um, yeah, he's a he's an OG Sabian guy playing them. Oh yeah, long long time, right? I think he has signature symbols. From he had Sabian. are the fierce hats. Are they signature? I think I know he helped design them for sure. Little thirteen inch, super heavy, like bitey, dark high hats. Yeah, he might have also done the 
work on the Omni ride, which is oh, you're right. Those are dope symbols. Yeah. I remember those back in the day when they came Crazy. out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I used to want those when they came out. Maybe I want to say oh seven, eight, nine or something. They've yeah, been forever. A long ago. time. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, shout out JoJo. That was a good one. Close yeah. call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That little uh, little poem I wrote was enough. Thank right. you. <laughs> so, oh my God. Uh, oh, there we go. All right. So the next one is Bear in the Big Blue House. Bear in the Blue. Blue, 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 blue. That's tough to say. Bear in, in the, the big, blue, big blue, blue house. house. Here we go. So it's like Juan Carlito level independence, but weirder than he would play. In a lot of ways, Juan is like, I don't want to say like a traditional player necessarily, but kind of, sort of, like very tasteful. You know, he's not like throwing out ideas that are like that abstract. That was really abstract. Huh. Yeah, that's a really tough one. I don't know. But it's also so, it's not just choppy. Like the independence was like out of control. So, like, it's like a Chris Coleman-ish kind of vibe, right? Where it's like the chaos with the tradition kind of underneath it. That was a really tough one, man. Mm. Huh. Okay. Well, let's do, uh, let's do our next, next hint for this, this wild person. So, this person performed and won at the Modern Drummer Festival for their Undiscovered Drummer Contest in 2006. 2006? Yeah. Oh. ago. And this was it wasn't GC drum off. It was Modern Drummer. Modern Drummer Festival for their undiscovered drummer contest. Huh, but oh six. Yeah. A lot of people could have been undiscovered in 06. That was so long ago, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the point. <laughs> yeah. That's a long time. Yeah, I was in high school, right? So I can't <laughs> so hard to remember. Um all right, we're gonna have to have to try our next hint here. Oops, so a little little kit photo there. Evans Promark, who makes that kit? Zoom, enhance. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tama, looks like it. Okay. Oh, the from the pedals too. Tama, mm. and then ooh, Peisty though. Wait a minute. So Peisty, Tama, Evans Promark, and I can see these sticks. Or some kind of signature. Oh shit! Well, but I can't make out. I can't make it out. It's too blurry. <laughs> which is. Oh wait, is gross. that? I mean, that sure looks like a. Oh crap. <laughs> okay, so. Oh no. <laughs> uh, well, okay, so I think I discerned what the uh, what the S is. I lost today. Uh, but see, okay, the weird thing is, I don't know enough about this drum if it's the person i think it is if that's the band logo i think it is i don't know enough about this guy i'm just not like a metalhead like that to know for sure if he plays any of these brands so i'm still very much guessing and also that playing would be so different than i would have expected for sure 
Um, so, okay, so my guess, really just based off of the sticks and the logo I'm seeing, would be that this is Joey Jordison. <laughs> Because that no, looks no. no. Okay, so <laughs> I'll take I'll take the L on this one. Yes. It, it and the reason I guess that is because I see like a crazy metal font letter S on the sticks. It looks very much like a Slipknot kind of oh. logo. <laughs> oh God, the amount of relief. All well, right. okay, yeah, okay. Tell me who it is. Okay. Tell me now. So, first off. The audio clue was the performance from the Undiscovered Drummer Contest in 2006. Okay, that wouldn't have been Joey Jordison. The drummer at the time was 14 years old. No way. No way. Yes way. It's Eloy Casagrande. Eloy Casagrande. The metal S that you see on the sticks are for Sepultura. The other metal band with an S. Gotcha. The band that he has been a part of since he was like... I think 18. Wow. And I mean, playing yeah. at that level at 14, first of all, watching Dude, that video, crazy. it makes you want to quit playing the drums. Oh it's, my God. It's just one of yeah. those performances. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really think it was Joey Jordison. I just feel like if you show me a metal font letter S and go, who's the drummer? I'm like, I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's my best guess. Eloy Casagrande, man. <laughs> He's a... Uh, my relationship to his playing is basically just seeing online clips of him playing and Instagram and YouTube stuff, stuff like that. Um, I'd be lying if I said I listened to his band, but dude, his playing is the weirdest hybrid of like insane power. I mean, like like Eric and Proto, but on a level up of like, how do you play that heavy, right? His drums sound different when he plays them, but then combined with like, this freakish technical ability that you only get from being like an ultra nerd. And it's a weird combo to have because a lot of the like true smashers, like those guys aren't always the most nerdy drummers. You know, a lot of times you'll find that in more like delicate genres is where you find those like ultra nerds. Matt Garska is another example of like kind of a hybrid, but he doesn't hit as hard as Eloy Casagrande. There's just no. absolutely no way i mean it's one of the hardest hitters out there man i think it, it, in doing player puzzle and seeing all these hard hitters i don't think i've found a harder hitter mm -hmm. than eloy he is just full of power yeah he's and an absolute madman it's calculated rage it's just yeah it's, just, it's <laughs> yeah. just oh redirected anger well i'll give you that one i don't feel too bad for for missing that one necessarily <laughs> though i wish i had of just had the thought of like who's this powerful and this good at the same time like he's in a very special category yeah. that guy but that yeah. was a good one for sure i'm out here guessing off of the drumsticks but. yeah <laughs> man i gave you everything in that that was <laughs> yeah what's, what's the context for the 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 bear in the big blue house what's that from um his last name is casa grande so oh house big so big house like big there you house. go but he's brazilian so i don't know if in portuguese it translates to something different but i know in oh Spanish. that's true portuguese yeah. yeah casa grande probably big house it's probably know. big house eloy big house <laughs> eloy big house yeah <laughs> well that's right. a good one man cool all right one for two we stumped him today i'm yeah. super happy about that one especially <laughs> since it was oh that was so close all right cool that'll finish out player puzzle yeah. we'll move on to accent or go let's do it this is a piece where we get adam's view on many aspects of the drumming industry and at the end we'll get an approval an accent or a disapproval a ghost yes sir first off what do you think about pitch bending the drum while playing pitch bending so like pushing on the head real hard pushing on the head or the other tactic i've seen is 
I don't know who's done. Benny Grubb's done this a few times. Like blowing blowing into, the into the porthole of, of like the tom, tom to, yeah. to yeah. tune it. I th- okay, so it's one of those such such like a subtle high level like niche technique that I hesitate to give it an accent because I don't want the majority of people listening to this podcast to go try it. That's how I look at certain things like that, right? Like, um, so a good example would be someone who's in their first like year of playing and they would come to like take a lesson with me and they would say, I want to learn like what's the left foot hi-hat splash thing. And it's sort of like, ah, like that is cool and you can do that. But realistically, there's a whole bunch of other more important things that you should be working on, right? And so I look at pitch bending kind of like, Somebody like Benny Greb has earned the like the right to use a technique that's that abstract because his playing is, you know, at its core, it's that textured, right? He's he's graduated to a level where he's got the right to to sort of fine tune his solos and his musical expression and his sound to that degree. And I think somebody that's a lot well, let me just call it what it is, like younger or less experienced or just less time behind the kit. Like you don't want to get distracted with techniques like that. So I think I'll put it in this category of like, it's an earned technique. Like even I feel like, what am I, like if I were to do that in a playing video, it kind of sort of feels like, like aren't there more important things I could be working on than it's like, like bending the floor, Tom. It just feels like not, not, uh, I don't know, not not the best use of my time to like really spend time working on something like that. So I say I'll give it the ghost for a majority of people, but for people in the Greb category, you know, those like really, really experienced soloist, it's a cool texture for them for sure. But I say you got to earn that one. So mm. for the most part, that gets a ghost, but Benny gets the accent, you know, you kind of do whatever you want if you play like that. So, yeah. <laughs> If you earn elite status, you can do whatever you want. Absolutely. You can play with your toes. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to see that. Um, Okay. Cool. So a little ghost. So now, what do you think about street drummers, bucket drummers, or as I call it, PDP, public displays of percussion? (laughs) PDP. (laughs) That's funny. Man, yeah, it's... uh... It's a weird one. Busking, right? Isn't that the technical? That's the technical word for. Is that what it is? Yeah, busking <laughs> to perform music like on a street corner and collect tips oh, for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, you learn something new every day. Are you? Would that make you a busker? Busker? I don't know. I know that's the name for it, though. Busking. Yeah. So I have actually done this. There is a video. I don't know if it's live on my channel. Probably mm. not. But I'll pull it down and throw it up in 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 here so you can see. Um, 08 maybe we used to take yeah take a drum set downtown and sort of play and yeah yeah you you can definitely make money doing it i i think i see what i don't like about it it feels invasive to people just walking around you know like i always feel weird like on you ever taken taken a girl somewhere on valentine's day and there's people with acoustic guitars like playing love songs like on the street that's like a yeah. real, real common day for them to go out there and try. It, it sort of feels like awkward. Like, do we have to stop and listen to this? Like, I didn't want to be here and do this situation. You know, it sort of feels like that. I also And drums are so loud and so invasive that sometimes when I walk past someone who's just like <clears throat> beating the shit out of a drum set and I'm just trying to like get a coffee or go to a store or whatever you're doing, it's sort of like very much like in your face. And it also feels like they're just screaming, like, give me money. I need a couple dollars to do all of this, that sort of thing. So that part of me doesn't really love it. I think it's like environment 
dependent. Like, where are you? What's the crowd of people like? What's the time of day? Like that sort of stuff. There are definitely some places where I would much prefer like, I don't know, like a quiet street with a nice walk and not the sound of like a Home Depot bucket getting smashed with a piece of wood, <laughs> like that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. But I think when you get into like Times Square or like environments like that, where it's like, yes. it's part of the culture, like in that little environment. So yeah, it, uh, I know it's accent or ghost, but my answers are all, oftentimes like, it depends, it depends on where it is. Like downtown Park Ave, like, no, it's nice. It's quiet. Just relax. I don't need all that. Um, I'll say, but I don't know. Are you asking like accent or ghost it in the context of like doing it? Accent or ghost it, I think in the context of does it, if someone were to approach you and they were to say, I'm a drummer, and you go, Oh, what do you do? What do you play? How and they do you like, apply I'm a these skills? And then they go, I'm a busker. Or they go, I take Home Depot buckets and I play for money <laughs> and I make $30 a day. It's like, yeah. Wow. Okay. So I'll tell you what I hinge it on and whether or not I like it. Is it, is it, obviously where it is and all of that stuff but also is this like a an act like have you worked on it as like a a musical performance or like an artistic work that you have or are you just like jamming in public jamming in public is like way less interesting to me I'm not really that impressed if somebody says that they do that it's like okay well literally anyone could do that right but if someone said I have like a like a street performance like this this artistic expression that I've worked on and practiced and rehearsed, kind of like the acoustic guitar player that has like a um, an arsenal of cover songs that they would go and play. That to me is cooler than just like showing up and soloing on the guitar in public, right? That seems sort of like, what are we doing here? Like you just, you just screaming at the world and asking for cash, right? That seems kind of weird. So I think if somebody, if it's high effort, if it's intentional, I, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that for sure. I would say just pick your time and place to make it like appropriate, you know, because... Mm -hmm. Even as a full-time musician, sometimes music is a weird thing to have. It's not, you know, it's not for every single, I don't know, imagine you, what's a place you walk in and there should not be live music? Flower like shop. Hospital. The hospital. <laughs> why, why are we jamming at the hospital? Yeah, the hospital's a good the, one. <laughs> the piano, uh, the, um, what is it? Altamont Hospital. <laughs> you walk in there. Oh, it's like a player piano in the front. Yeah, or and then to just to hire players, and you're like, why is this even here? Yeah, that's like, a weird one. That's a, that's a very odd place to have live performance music. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Just be tasteful about it. Yeah, because it, it can get a little a little cringy sometimes for me. So but. for the most part, are we gonna accent or ghost it? I'll say I'll, I'll give it the accent because I think a lot of people doing that are probably doing it professionally and they have some intention behind it um i would only ghost it for like the person just showing up to jam and hoping to get some money for mcdonald's it's like to find another way to do this that's weird <laughs> all, right. all right cool that'll, that'll do it for accent or ghost all right short one today move on to sleeper spotlight yeah yeah in this segment we introduce a drummer that y'all are sleeping on and we'll get some opinions, impressions, and constructive criticism, if any, from Adam on these drummers. First up, we got Jake Reed. Jake Reed. I think I recognize Jake Reed. that name. Yeah. Jake Reed, video number one. What you got, Jake?
so many things in this video. Yeah. First of all, what a mustache on this man. That's Dude. a that's a serious mustache. <laughs> I couldn't grow one like that. That's powerful. Um, the bass drum head is like an actual. It looks like cow an actual hide. cow hide. That's a real cow Dude hide. Murdered a cow. And yeah. Put it on his kick drum. That's impressive for sure. These are also real vintage drums. You can see the wear on the rim of that bass drum. Like this thing is. Yeah. Two hundred years old. It or something. looks like the floor tom is like from a newer Gretsch kit. Yeah, but no bottom head, no bottom rim. Yeah, yeah, but old, old kick drum. That's a weird one. 30-inch kick drum. That's a huge pancake kick drum, yeah. The hi-hats, I mean, we got some pizza boxes over here. Those are crazy <laughs> square hi-hats, and they don't touch. So there's like some sort of like a... There's something in between In the between two. them, yeah. Uh. Very weird. And it's got some like pasta shell, I don't know, what do you call those? Jingle jangles on the, the top, yeah. <laughs> whatever those are. Some click, 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 click. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this attachment on the bass drum, I don't know exactly what that is. Some sort of muffler? Maybe it's a muffler. Yeah. yeah. And then some sort of like frying pan deal that he's using on the top of the bass drum to yeah. get the like clang sort of sound. Yeah, to get a little melody to it. Yeah, dude, there's a lot going on here. Interesting. Very interesting, for sure. I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like this has got to be built for a specific purpose. Like, I wonder if Jake is in a specific band. Well, he, uh, so what's really interesting is he released an album pretty recently. Okay. And then he decided to release the whole album without drums. Oh, okay. tried to get other drummers, and successfully did get other drummers to sort of collaborate and add their own style to all of his tracks in a hashtag he used called replace me so hashtag replace me he wanted other drummers to replace him on his own album it's a good idea for an album yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. so then he would post the clips from the other drummers playing over his tracks with their drums yeah uh, that was very very interesting if you go through his instagram you can see all those clips interesting yeah yeah i mean this is an eclectic dude for sure all right let's do next clip from Brother Jake Reed. From Jake. Awesome. First of all, that kit sounds good, yeah. man. Dude, Gretsch, they do it well, that old jazz sound. Man, and I don't, I would be lying if I said I had ever once tuned my kit this way. I don't play drums that sound like this at all. I really don't even know, aside from just tuning them much higher, I really don't even know how to tune that way. Yeah. Like to make it really organic. Like, how's it supposed to sound? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I just know that sounds killer. That sounds really, really good. Um, what kind of Gretsch is it? Uh, it's like their little bop kit. Catalina Club. Uh, I'm throwing out small Gretsch kit names. I don't know. There. Oh. Sounds good. Enhance. Oh, I can't zoom in enhance. <laughs> enhance. <laughs> oh, it says it on the side. You're hard to read. Oh, no. It looks older. Oh, it's probably just covered in yeah. something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think there's any question that like if you're going for a vintage 
vintage high level Gretsch sound for, for jazz yeah dude Gretsch is, is absolutely the best Mark Giuliana comes to mind yep. so that kid is dialed also that ride sounds good, good oh yeah good, good yeah the clip was to highlight the ride I know from his Instagram okay but uh that sounded yeah. awesome dude he's, he's clean swing too man I, I there's a certain touch it's weird like technically I could play everything that that he played in here it wasn't like particularly technical but the feel like you know it, there's there's such a touch to those those up those higher tempo jazz swing yeah. patterns that like i don't have that kind of feel when i get up to that speed there's like a believability where it's just like i don't know it just doesn't sound doesn't sound like that you know um so that was really really clean those uh eighth note triplets that he snuck in with the left hand little little independence tricks in there that was sick man sick really really good playing i just love that kit sound too i thought that was um just dialed, dialed in kit sound. Yeah. And really judging beautiful. from his whole audio setup, he's probably very into audio, right? I yeah, mean, I mean, he composed his own album. Yeah. So yeah, you can definitely, definitely tell. This sounds killer, man. Yeah. Dude, that was awesome stuff from Jake, man. That's a good one. Yeah. Go check him out on uh, Insta and YouTube, I take it? Yeah, let's get up to, uh, yeah, get, got YouTube and Instagram. Uh, cool. Get him up. He's at 9,300 followers. Let's oh, get him up to 10K. Get the man to 10K. Let's 700 go. 700 followers. For every view of this video, this clip, wherever you're watching or listening to the podcast, we can get him up to 10K. It's really easy. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I'm sure that there's 700 of you that can follow Jake. Yeah, man. All right. Cool. cool. Next up, uh, got a 17-year-old drummer. Okay. Only has about 200 followers on Instagram. Okay. But... It's kind of surprising, based on his drumming, Carlos Diaz. Carlos Diaz? Yeah. First clip from Carlos. Yeah. Let's check him out. EC2s. Love those heads. Brazilian feel, man. Clean. Man, I was not anywhere near that patient at 17. Like, even a group of, like, too slow, too bored. Like, I would not have been able to actually, like perform all of those textures that dialed in right with all of those feel subtleties i'm always so impressed when somebody that young is even interested in that kind of playing i was interested in just like chaos when i was when i was that age man hit things real loud make noise real loud real fast yeah try to impress the girl standing around right that was like my <laughs> depth of thought about what was cool to play on the drums um man so yeah there's definitely uh a mature feel to that mm -hmm. too that that I don't know what the note spacing technically is, but like a um, a really authentic like Brazilian feel to some of those left hand accents that he was playing. And this stacker thing is interesting. I have never seen a stacker like pancaked in the kit yeah. that much. That's really interesting to do it that way. Yeah, I think the the caption on the video was just like, oh, it was a little close. Yeah, it's it very work. close. Like, the thing wow. is like hovering like a quarter inch above the snare in the floor top. Interesting, man. Yeah, the kit sounded good. The playing was awesome, really controlled. And it's all, that's all compounded by the fact that he's this young. It makes it even that much more impressive. It's really, yeah. it's crazy. That was awesome. All right, we got another one from Carlos. Yeah, another little clip. Okay. Clip two. 
the just the musical maturity is so crazy. Even in his technique, you can see like the way he's like um, I don't know. That was a really mobile clip, right? A lot of mobility, moving around the kid all over the place. But even like his his wrist and elbow mannerisms, like the, some of the positions he puts himself in. Like, it just looks like someone that's been playing drums a lot longer than he's been alive, you know? So <laughs> I would be curious when he started playing and if he had lessons from a really young age. It's getting weirder and weirder with these young kids. We talk about it a lot. It's yeah. just so, so strange, man, how good these guys are getting that young. Is he um, is he Israeli? I'm just judging from, like, the, uh, the font on his shirt. Well, his name's Diaz, Diaz. so I, didn't, I wouldn't think. You assume Hispanic or something, um, but I'm not sure. I don't, know. I don't know what it says on his Either shirt. Either way, whatever you are, Carlos, you shred, dude. You're absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely sick, man. That was <clears throat> insanely clean. Very, um, I feel like a slight Weckle influence. Maybe I'm pulling it out of nowhere, but I feel like I see a little bit of Sounds that. Sounds like it. I mean, I've been listening to a lot of Weckle lately, so, yeah. you know, yeah. it definitely influenced by, although, you know, you could pick any drummer. There's a lot and of influences. In yeah, I, of course, it could be anybody. I just feel like there's a, um, a touch of some, like, vintage ideas just the touch but it's also very modern and weckle has always been like a very like old school but modern kind of player yeah. it was always in that weird category so i see a little bit of that happening but um yeah man dude sounded awesome just to be 17 and that good it makes it that much crazier man yeah. kids these days you know kids these days yeah. cool all right well thank you for Carlos for uh, all the wonderful content and yeah. Jake as well check them out guys yeah let's get those people up to 10,000 followers tomorrow yeah or else. Uh, all right. So that'll end out Sleeper Spotlight. We'll move on into Q&A. Cool. These questions come from Instagram. They come from the comments section on YouTube. They come from the forums of OrlandoDrummer.com. Or you can send me a question directly at Chris at OrlandoDrummer.com. And I'll get the question and I'll put it on the podcast. Yeah. First question from John Graham. He asks, what is your opinion on stave snares? Love them? Hate them? Why? Or why not? Love the channel, by the way. Stave snares. Mm. Who asked this question, by the way? John Graham. John Graham. Mm. Um, so, weirdly, the Entity OD, my signature snare, uh, made by uh, Salvador Morales in, uh, in Australia, is a stave snare. And it definitely adds, like, a volume and a body that is really discernible for sure. Now I'd be lying if I said I owned a whole bunch of stave snares and a whole bunch of, you know, ply snare. Like it's not like I've had this crazy opportunity to A and B them. I'm not an expert on them. Um, I think one of the, the gripes people have with them is <clears throat> that they can be a little bit like fragile over a long period of time. That ply, traditionally made like drums with plies tend to last a little bit longer and be a little bit tougher. Um, whereas stave drums, because they're made in like blocks, they can break and you know, you could have different problems with the seams, I suppose. <clears throat> but realistically, I would say if, if you're going to take care of your instrument, that really shouldn't matter, right? If it's a little bit more fragile, like maybe don't tour with the stave, stave drum, like maybe save it for a studio environment. But given that my own signature snare, snare is a stave drum, I really can't. Well, we're not doing accent or ghost, but I, I mean, either way, I've got to give it the strong accent. Like, personally, I love them. I love the body and the volume that you get out of them. The debate would really be what transfers energy the best. 
and it's going to be drum to drum. You know, we could definitely find examples where you would prefer the stave to the ply construction or the ply to the stave, depending on all the other factors, the dimensions, the heads, the tuning, um, the snare wires, the wood itself, all of that stuff is going to make a big difference. But uh, I'm a huge fan for the, for the most part. Everyone that I've played, I've loved, um, and I've never had any personal experience with them being like more fragile or not holding up as well. So yeah, for me personally, I mean, dude, I play a stave snare. So yeah, love them. Sweet. All right. Yeah, the only other company that comes to mind that makes them is uh, Griner Kilmer, which is Matt Griner's okay. uh, snare co- or drum company. Yeah, I know they're harder to produce. I know that's why not everybody makes all their drums like in yeah. a stave construction because yeah. it, it's definitely harder to produce for sure. Um, yeah, and I guess it would just be, yeah, more labor costs, more time, right? Of course it yeah. would be. Plies make a lot more sense. You could you could crank them out that way, but yeah. yeah. All Interesting. Right. Cool. Uh, well, thank you, John, for the question. Next question from, I'll murder this. Uh, be Huppy Play Drums. Okay. How to develop flow on drums? Question well, mark. Okay. So, so I'm assuming how do you develop flow sure sure so okay we gotta talk a little bit about this question because when we say flow what does it look like to see someone flow around the kit well to play freely right that's what you're talking about so it would be a mixture of maybe chops and groove and using different dynamics and textures and patterns different groupings playing around with phrasing like all of that stuff in one and when you when you get that many skill sets lined up and you just call it flow. Well, what you're really asking is like, how do I play the drums, right? That's kind of, that's how I look at that question. Like, how do I flow around the drums? Like, you mean like, how do you talk freely using all of the available tools and textures to express yourself musically? Like, okay, you're just asking like, how do I play the drums however I wanna play them? So it's, it's, by all means, it's an extremely loaded question with no single answer that I could give you that would actually answer that question. Um, and I understand that people see drum sheds or Instagram choppers or you know whatever type of playing they see and, and it leads you to ask that question, how do I do that? Well, what you're seeing is just this, this rhythmic expression that contains everything that you need to know, not everything, but it contains this this massive list of skill sets that you would need to learn and acquire in order to do that same sort of thing. So how to develop flow, man, you would have to start from, from the ground up. And I don't wanna make this where like, I'm just telling you what it is to play the drums, but First and foremost, you would have to have a really full understanding of subdivisions. So the rhythmic scale, uh, like the, the the rhythmic grid, starting from whole notes, half notes, quarter notes, eighth notes, eighth note triplets, sixteenth notes, quintuplets, sextuplets, um, septuplets, thirty second notes, and then higher if you care to go any higher. You got to get all of those down. Then you have to have an arsenal of patterns, which would be your words. Then you have to know how to organize those patterns or organize those words into making sentences. And then your sentences have to connect together to make longer statements, which would be like paragraphs. And that would be something like a four bar drum solo, right? And within there, there are all of the other textures and dynamics and all these other little skill sets that you would use to make that expression your own. So when we say developing flow, again, it's kind of synonymous with saying like, how do I play the drums? 
It's a lot of shit. There's a whole lot of shit that, that's packed into that word flow. Um, but first and foremost, I, to address exactly what you mean by flow, like freely moving around, I think it's gonna come down to subdivisions. That's the biggest barrier that I think a lot of people face. It's not that you don't have enough patterns. It's not that you don't have enough rudiments. It's not that you're not, not fast enough. More than likely, it's like a comfort level within subdivisions and understanding how the rhythmic grid can carry you from one measure to the next. And then it's a matter of getting all of the words and tools and textures to express yourself within those measures as they pass. And this could, you know, to go from somebody who like cannot flow on the drums, who can flow freely, that could be 10 years, right? Like, so it's a very, very loaded question. Um, it's almost synonymous with asking like, like, how do I build an engine? Like, whoa, okay, there's like, there's no single thing I could just tell you that will let you go build an engine. Like, we gotta start with the concept of combustion, and then we have to go into like, what does a valve do? And like, you know, there, there's so many things. So I think a lot of times people ask that, they're, they're just not entirely sure what it is that they're asking and how oversimplified a question like that is. Um, but I think, again, the biggest barrier to entry, the thing that people are missing that would bring them the closest to like, no pun intended, but like a flow state, uh, would probably be, be subdivisions. That would be the biggest thing. There are four or five hours of subdivision masterclasses on orlandodrummer.com, which take you through all of the subdivisions um, and how to count them, how to vocalize them out loud, patterns that you can play to get used to them. And then of course, there's many exercises that have you jump from one subdivision to another, because in theory, you should be able to swim throughout this mathematical grid. So going from eighth notes to 16th notes to 16th note triplets to 32nd notes, you should comfortably be able to bounce between those. And that's a, a thing you'll commonly see uh, when you see somebody like flowing around the kit, right? That comfort level with subdivision. So, sorry, loaded answer, but it's a very loaded question. So hopefully that makes sense. Cool, all right. Well, thank you, B. Huppy Play Drums yeah. for the question of flow. That'll do it for Q&A. Cool. Two, two short and sweet questions Those are good there. ones, yeah. Yeah. So now, uh, as a reminder, too, if you would like to ask us any questions for the podcast, please submit them via Instagram, YouTube, the members are the members area of OrlandoDrummer.com, or shoot me an email at Chris at Orlando Dur Orlando Dummer. <laughs> OrlandoDummer.com. No, shoot me an email at Chris at OrlandoDrummer.com for any questions you might have for the podcast. And I'll leave it to you to close out the podcast. Cool. So, um, what was it? La yeah, last night, um, Kelly and I went to a wedding down south. Chris and Cherie, shout out, congratulations. Uh, they're good friends of ours. And uh, and then one or six days, weird. In six days, uh, I'm getting married. Kelly and I are getting married out in uh, Seaverville, Tennessee, out in the mountains. Chris will be there. Yeah, tell them the exact address so the they know where to go. The exact address and the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm definitely not doing that. But, we, uh, you know, it's funny. So it's it's a wedding sort of week. We're yeah. in wedding mode. We're planning. Yeah. We were at a wedding all day. It's yes. wedding season. It's wedding season, yeah. yeah. It really, by the time you hit 30, you realize like, oh, everybody's getting married. There's a lot, lot more weddings to go to as you get, get a little older. Um, but it's funny because it's got me thinking about... You know, not not just Kelly in particular, though she's a, she's a, a drum wife, and a lot of you guys got drum wives out there and drum girlfriends, and um, but also, you know, you have to remember it, there's a reality to this industry that it is a male dominated industry. Men like to play drums more than women like to play drums, and there's nothing wrong with that. Shout out female drummers too. We're always, you know, very excited to see you. All hail Queen Annika. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. But you know, the reality is like. 
for the, most of the people listening to this podcast, most of the people that watch this channel, most drummers in the world are men. And the reality is that we have you know, a lot of women that have to support us. So for me, I, I go all the way back as far as my mom, you know, who bought me my first drum set, who tolerated the absolute fucking horrible noises that yeah. I made in the house practicing for hours and hours and hours and grow, growing up. And then sure enough, you know, it's funny, you, you get you get married or you have girlfriends or you're with women who have to do the same thing that your mom did. They have to tolerate your, uh, you just bashing this incredibly loud instrument. And so it's one of those things where I thought a good closing message would be like shout out to all those, all those women who have in one way or another supported, tolerated, or in any way just dealt with us, right? Because this is like one of the most annoying things right. we could ever do to them. Like, yeah. hey, I'm a drummer. Like, man, that's a that's a lot for them to deal with, right? Yeah. My mine is uh, in the car playing music and drumming, one hand on the steering wheel and then the other hand just like uh, on their triplets leg. on their leg. Yeah. And then they're just like, this is so annoying. Oh yeah, that's how you know you got a good one. If you got a good uh, tone off the thigh, you know what I mean? <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, but I figured you know I figured a lot of guys can can relate to this. Like think about seriously, if it wasn't your mom, then it's your girlfriend. It wasn't your girlfriend, it's your wife. You probably have a woman in your life who's uh, who's been really cool about the fact that you play a super loud instrument that they probably don't care that much about, but we do, and uh, and they tolerate and support us. So uh, shout out wives, shout out girlfriends, shout out moms. We appreciate you guys, and uh, yeah, that's all I got for you today. Cool. All righty. Awesome. Hell yeah. We All will right. catch you guys in episode 17 next week. Take it easy, guys. All right. Cool. Bye. Bye.